October 23rd here. We have another edition of This Just In. Spencer Davis here with Josh Howard, Aaron Evans. Guys, how are we doing today? We're doing great. I'm happy we're back. And, you know, sports was in full strength. Swing this week. A lot of awesome stuff to see in a lot of different sports. It's back. We are back. The Steelers won this week. I'm a happy man. I'm ready. We got a great show coming up for you. Edwin McGee joining us later on. So we will get to that here shortly. But let's talk about sports in general. First off, shout out to the local sports. Lincoln College got a swim meet going on at 11 o'clock. So when we wrap up, why don't you head down to uh, the Scully Natatorium? Go catch a swim meet. Supposed to be pretty solid this year, so we'll see. I don't know a lot about swimming, but you know, I think that they swim faster and they dive better than other teams. You know, that's my extent of that. But you know, good luck to the team there. Uh, we'll be cheering for you. Yes, sir. All right, NBA season. We're going to jump straight to that because I think that that's what we're all really excited for, or not. If you're a Celtics fan like me, <laughs> uh, last week did not do well in the predictions. Zero and three. I missed opening night. I picked the Lakers. Uh, and I picked the Nets, and neither of them won because Steph Curry decided, you know what, I'm going to play like an MVP, and uh, Giannis is uh, pretty good, or yes. just the Bucks in general. That, that that Giannis guy was amazing in that game. Like once the once the the Bucks like just came out the gate, they the Nets never caught up. They cut it to five on like two separate occasions, but then it just got pushed back out immediately, like twelve plus, and then. The Lakers, they were in control for, like, the first three quarters. And then Jordan Poole comes in, pops off, and the Warriors have control for the rest of the game, and they just close it out, cruise to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, Steph finishes with a triple-double there, 21-10-10. And then LeBron, obviously a good game, 34-11-5, but not enough there on Tuesday night. And then we get to Wednesday. Uh, Celtics went into a double-overtime thriller with, the Knicks. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys caught any of that game, um, but it was fantastic. Game obviously, obviously, as a Celtics fan, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Jalen Brown, my favorite player, forty six nine and six, and Julius Randle though balled out thirty five eight and nine, uh, with the Celtics dropping by four and double OT. Some other good games. Shout out to the Bulls fans. You guys can be happy about beating No Cade Cunningham and the Pistons by six, six points. Yeah, six. six points. Guys, the Bulls are back. Then uh, how'd you guys' teams do? Um, so the Clippers, we we suffered from from Steph. We suffered we suffered from Steph for sure. Although I will say, like a key moment in that that game that like really sucked. We were up eight. I think it was ninety eight ninety, and Steph's not even in the game. And we let we let the Warriors go on a twelve zero run with with um, Damon Lee, you know Steph's um, brother-in-law, scoring like five of the points, and he's not that offensively talented, and that really hurt, and and we couldn't we couldn't recover. Although I will say, in the in the uh, Celtics game that you were talking about, Evan Fournier might have been the reason they pulled that out. That man was stupid hot. Like I don't know what he was on in that game, but it was something crazy. He was on. Uh, this is what you get for not re-signing me. That was what he was on. Yeah, that's true. He was playing against his old team. Yeah. Speaking of non. Offensively talented. The Thunder played two games this week. Um, we got 30 pieced in both games. Uh, I don't think we've had a person score over 20 yet. We haven't scored over 100 yet either. Oh, yeah, the Thunder some, are just awful. Some 90s scoring right there. But yeah, I, hey, it's a it's a process when you have a young team. You know, it's gotta it's gotta build. It's not like last year where you had like at least one vet in Horford. It's it's all young guys. So we they're have gonna Derek figure Favors. it out. 
They have Derek Favors. Derek Favors is still in the league. Yeah, that's such a pickup guy in two K, right? So I'll trade for like Derek Favors, and he'll just go off because I don't need him to score. But I forgot he was uh, a Thunder. I knew he was still in the league, but I forgot he was on the Thunder. Yeah, saw, he hasn't contributed much. Who was Jalen Green? Uh, sent Isaiah Roby to the floor, didn't he? Yeah. How does how does that make you feel? We're here to we're here to listen. Here, so I remember like. Three years ago, 2K, I was a big buying team guy. Right. Isaiah Roby, they did like this player like locker coach thing where they got their own locker codes. Isaiah Roby got a locker code when he was still in the G League, and people were like, who is this guy? Still, and he's in the NBA now. He who got is a this locker guy? code in the G League? Yeah. <laughs> That's And people unique. were like, what the heck is this? I still say that about Isaiah Roby to this day. What the <laughs> heck is this? One for five. He's had a couple. Field. He's had a couple good games last year. This year he hasn't. Well, he didn't play in the first game. Mm-hmm. This game definitely showed why he should be in the G League and not an NBA roster. I feel for you. Right there. I feel for you. No minced words from Aaron there. Uh, baseball, Astros and Red Sox uh, finished their series uh, all in a span of a week. And Astros move on to the World Series after a four-two series win, five and or five to zero uh, last night against the Red Sox. Red Sox could not get anything going off. Not at play. all. Yeah, they left no doubt, blew them out, and just said we're done. We're ready to go to the World Series. Yeah, Red Sox only two win or uh, two hits, excuse me, and two wins in the series. Uh, but I think what people were hoping for, obviously, this is kind of a two evils type thing for. You know, the chance to go to the World yeah. Series. Not a lot of Red Sox fans around here. Not not a lot of love for the Astros anywhere right now. Not Maybe close. outside of Houston. Uh, but, yeah, so the Astros going back to the World Series now. And Eovaldi last night threw well. He only allowed one run, I believe. But Red Sox just offensively could not hit Luis Garcia whatsoever. I do want to point out that I was two for two on my uh, baseball score prediction last week. I did have the Red Sox winning. They did. And the Braves won, which I'm still shocked that the Braves are even in this series right now. But I did side with you on the Braves, but I can't remember my uh, Red Sox pick. What, uh, I mean, that night we all game? took Red Sox and they oh, won. We did? Okay, okay. Hmm. I Gosh, picked and I was two or two. Yeah, yeah, you guys were. I, I, I was one and one because I picked the Dodgers there in that first game. I mean, that's a. I can see why. I I don't think a lot of people going into this series or this playoffs thought the Braves would be here. Well, I mean, Unless you were an Atlanta Braves fan, I don't think they thought that he would even they would even come close. I thought they were going to get swept by the Brewers. Yeah, unless you're a really pessimistic Brewers fan that thought that you didn't have a chance anyway, yeah. which is possible because the Brewers uh, do not win in the postseason. The Braves remind me a lot of the 2011 Cardinals. Really? Because they had Matt Soroka, their ace, go down with Tommy John. 2011 Cardinals had Carp- Matt, Car- Matt Carpenter. Wow. <laughs> Chris Carpenter go down with Tommy John at the beginning of the year. And then weren't projected to do much. Acuna goes down, had a ton of injuries. They make it to the playoffs, and they are one win away from getting to the World Series. That's impressive. Yeah, that's pretty it's cool. It's super impressive. I mean, speaking of one win, they play tonight up 3-2 on the Dodgers. Walker Buehler in for the Dodgers to pitch. Scherzer got scratched last night. Uh, I didn't find out what went down with that. But Ian Anderson for the Braves. Uh, postseason ERAs uh, are so confusing to me because, like, when you look at them, you give up, like, two runs because a lot of these guys have yeah. really short leashes. So you give up two runs in five innings, and these guys' ERAs, like Walker Buehler is, like, a 4.91. In regular season, he was, what, 2 point Yeah, 2 maybe. point something. And then Eovaldi, I don't know how many runs he's given up this postseason, but he had, like, a 6 ERA, and so did Luis Garcia. 
So that's just crazy to me. It's always really misleading. Uh, let's see. It's going to be in Georgia tonight. It's going to be at the Braves. Who do you guys have? The Braves. Chop on. I think it's over with. It's tough for me because I don't know. Ah, I don't know if who I want to go with. Go with the Braves. Because I like Ian Anderson <laughs> as a pitcher, but Walker Buehler's just been so dominant this year. Braves and six. Braves and six? All Braves right. are winning tonight. I, I would like that as well. I, I was saying I wanted a, first off, I wanted a non-Dodgers-Astros World Series. Uh, and I the agree. fact that we are on the precipice, perhaps, of one mm-hmm. makes me really upset. Because I, I can't see, I can't do it again. I can't go through this again. It's Walker Buehler, Ian Anderson tonight. That's at 7 o'clock on TBS. Excuse me. First pitch, 7.08. My apologies. Had to remember that one. UFC this weekend. It's a little bit, the main event's a little bit more appealing to more people, I would say, with Paula Costa and Marvin Vittori originally scheduled for middleweight, 185. Now up to light heavyweight because Costa was at 211 on Thursday. Yeah, like this whole situation is crazy to me because... What, yes, within the last week, Costa's supposed to be 185. And then he's like, okay, I won't make it. Let's do a catch weight of 195. And they agree on an interview on ESPN MMA. And then he shows up to the weigh-ins at 205, not even honoring the second agreement they made, much less the first. And now he's a, he's just a light heavyweight. He's 205, and now is like, okay, uh, I'll take it. But I don't think it, I think it benefits Costa. I don't think it benefits him. It's going to have even more weight now, and yeah, I think I think he's basically going to get his way. Last week, Jim Miller, my favorite UFC fighter, gets a knockout for the first time in like 10 years, I think was the stat they threw out. Wasn't had, it a quick one, too? Uh, it was second round. Oh, second he was round. getting lit up to start the first round. Uh, started off, finished strong. He was landing a lot of left hands, you know, southpaw. Comes out in the second round and just clobbers this dude. He just did not guard, like, in between rounds. Uh, Eric Gonzalez's corner is telling him, don't have to worry about the left hand. You're fine. It doesn't It's not going to do anything. Gets knocked out with the left hand. People are saying Jim Miller <laughs> is back. I am on that train. I think Jim Miller, awesome for the sport. Uh, set the record, him and Cowboy Cerrone kind of going back and forth on most fights in the UFC. Uh-huh. Um, and he is second now in career wins in the UFC behind Cerrone. Okay. So, I mean, really impressive careers and durability. He wants to fight on UFC 300. Because he fought on UFC 100 and 200. You know how long that is away? That's 30 events, which is like three, four years? Yeah, it's like 2025. That's crazy. He'd be a beast. I think if Dana wants him to be there, he would. And is he, what, 37, 38? Something like that, yeah. So he's he, got a shot. It'd be Glover Texture, basically. Yeah, That's not as, too crazy. as long as he maintains, you know, the, the level that he's at. Yeah, he's fighting against Lyme disease. I don't know if you knew that, which attacks your that. joints. Yeah. Uh, ah. So a jujitsu guy going with Lyme disease, just absolutely insane. That uh, sounds too, mad. Props. Yeah, that's a, yeah, props. Huge props. All right, we're gonna head into our break. Coach Edwin McGee coming out of it. We'll see you afterwards. I'm Rex Smith of the Media Project here with my co-host, Dr. Alan Chartok. Say something smart. 
Dr. Chartok. You're wrong, Rex. Well, that's what the Media Project is all about. It's about issues in the news media week after week. What else do we say, Alan? You're wrong, Rex. I thought so. <laughs> Join us, Media Project, for that and a lot more. Sunday mornings at 10 on 89X. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. <laughs> When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey. Hi, nice neighborhood. You must have a strong community association board. I don't pay any attention to that stuff. How do you know the board and community manager are making the right decisions? I don't, but what can I do? Connect with CAI. CA what? CAI, Community Associations Institute. They're a nonprofit group with free resources for your board, training for community managers, and information for homeowners. Protect your investment at responsiblecommunities.com. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it. So can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Just in, here is the effort and energy, you know, from a sustained level uh, of play. So, you, you were obviously still on the staff. Uh, what did you guys have to do uh, with COVID to kind of like hype the guys up? Because there are a couple times they'd come out flat, and I always wondered if it was a lack of fans and it just felt like another practice. Yeah, man, it was, uh, so, I mean, you know, obviously it was just us, us, but it was, you know, everybody in the country was kind of deal with, dealing with it. Um, and for us, it was, it was more so we have to bring our own energy, right? And that's what we kept emphasizing day in and day out. Like these games count, you know, we have to bring our own energy. Um, you guys can't rely on, on nothing but yourselves, right? Um, you know, as a staff, we'll bring you injury, energy and, and try to help you guys out. Uh, but, 
as a core group of, of, of basketball players and, and teammates, you guys have to do that. So, um, you know, it's tough to, to, to say it, but, it, you know, I mean, it's easier to say it, but it's tough to do um, in that aspect. So, you know, I think the guys last year, you know, it was a new thing for everybody. Um, and they tried to do their best with, you know, coping with not having fans and things of that matter, which adds a different dynamic to the game. So um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's still a game and, you know, there's winners and there's losers. So, you know, that's what we kind of emphasize to them, too. And so they kind of gravitated towards that message that we gave them. You talked about returning players. Obviously, Darnell back is the big one. Uh, getting him to come back was huge. Uh, Pee Wee Brown, mm-hmm. Connor Fuller. Uh, Dejan Barney, I'm trying to rattle these off. Andre Williams, mm-hmm. some really, and I think I'm forgetting some other guys too, and I apologize. DeAndre Freeman. Yes. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most out of this group? You, obviously, you said you focused on getting that core back. What are you hoping they bring to this season? Um, I think that now that, you know, last year was a little different because of the lack of practices that we had, um, you know, with developing team chemistry and things of that matter. Uh, it kind of showed on the court early on. But I think now that we've had this group, you know, we've been practicing for, you know, about a month or so now. Um, and having those guys together and practicing and meshing together, um, I, I, can, I can definitely see the difference in their play and the difference in their communication and difference in their chemistry, whereas last year was a little tough to kind of get that going after 45 days of rest and then practicing for three days and then starting a new season, right? Um, so it was. It's, it's good to see those those guys back. I mean, they're in the gym constantly. They're working on their games, um, and, and they they want to win. So it's 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 that part of being diligent in in those things that will allow for us to be good. You know, that core group really really buying into the you know the new regime with me, and um, you know, understanding that I'm the new voice and things to that matter, um, which was you know crucial at the beginning of our kind of the the, the chapter turn if you will, um, early on in the year. Yeah, with that chapter turn, uh, what have you tried to instill with this group? Like, how have you tried to change the culture around here? Obviously, Coach Left did a fantastic job here uh, the past four or five years. But what are you trying to instill in your guys going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not much different um, than what we've done in the past. You know, we want to we wanna be tough. Um, you know, our, our, our pillars is what you call it uh, of our culture. Uh, it's five things. It, it, it's an acronym for stats, right? And everybody's always talking about checking the stats and things to that matter. And, and for us, our stats are a little different, right? Our stats are versus S is self-discipline. Uh, T is toughness. A is accountability. The second T is thankfulness. And the last S is selflessness, right? So we continue to strive for those things, right? And if we can do those things at a high rate, we'll win, right? Um, so those are that's kind of the culture we built around our guys, and if we can continue to do that on a daily basis, you know, the, the, the product of that will come. And I've seen, uh, you know, talking about selflessness, you, Coach Matthews, uh, Coach Rob, obviously you guys are very active on Twitter, um, <laughs> but seeing you guys, uh, specifically you, yeah. going through the drills, uh, getting down on the floor, are you, is this just trying to get the whole team to kind of come together? Yeah, so, you know, uh, that was one of our effort drills that, right. that we do, um, and, you know, what I tell the guys is, you know, back when I played, this is this is how I made my money, right? Just playing hard, playing defense. So uh, when we were going through that drill, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to jump in and, and just try to give a little bit more energy, let these guys know that I'm in it with you guys, right? You're not here alone. We're, we're not doing this by your, you're not doing it by yourselves. We're doing this as a team. We're doing this as a group. So, uh, you know, I was a little sore afterwards, but uh, it was a lot of fun. 
Bobby yeah, Boy. it certainly looked like you like skidded across the floor rather yeah. than slide. Like yeah, you, you know, I, I, I probably haven't dove on the floor in uh, seven to eight years <laughs> like that. So you know, it was a little, little, <laughs> little different, um, nostalgic, but it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, sometimes you know you welcome that floor burn back a little bit. For not, sure, not too much, but sure. uh, you talked about you know. Uh, kind of getting the guys together. You've done a lot of team bonding activities outside of the gym, I've noticed, uh, on Twitter and whatnot. What have you guys been trying to – is that just to try to build chemistry with those guys, or is that to also just kind of get a sense of community as well? Yeah, so, you know, I, I've, I'm weird, and I have, like, these different formulas that I create on the fly. And uh, one thing that we've been preaching is connection, right? And for me, it's a simple formula. Connection is communication plus uh, the vicinity that you're in or the position that you're in. So from a basketball standpoint, you think about it defensively if you're talking, but if you're in the wrong position, you're not helping us. If you're in the right position, but you're not talking, you're still not helping us, right? We're not connected. So it's those two things that you need on the court, but as well as off the court. So we've done, um, we did an escape room where, you know, you have to talk, right? We're in a closed room, so we're in, we're in vicinity of each other. We're, we're close, but we have to talk our way through this to get out this room. So, um, you know, that was one of the activities that we did. But that's kind of what the connection part of our team that we're trying to get out of the guys, right? Just making sure that we're in the right position. We're in the vicinity of each other, and we're talking. We're communicating. So who was the standout of this escape room? So we had two different groups. Um, I was in a group with... Actually, it was really, really good. It was Dejon Barney. Dejon Barney was really good at it. Um, you know, I've been to a few myself. That's the reason why I chose it. Okay. Um, I like escape rooms. I think they're pretty fun. Uh, but Dejon Barney, man, he's uh, he was on it. He was on it. He's, he's pretty good. <laughs> so if I ever go to an escape room, I'm calling up Dejon, right? Yeah, you got to I mean, take him. It probably helps when you're super tall and you can kind of see everything. Yeah, Is yeah, it no, no, like question. cheating, kind of. No, no I, I mean, he <laughs> helped us out a whole bunch. We would have been stuck in there if it wasn't for him. So. Um, no, he does a good job. He kind of thinks outside the box and thinks that I'm a very smart kid. Very smart kid. So outside of the first game, obviously, you know, everyone's looking forward to that. What's the game or games that you're really looking forward to? Maybe a revenge game from last year? What's a statement game, perhaps? What are you looking forward to the most? Uh, funny that you said that. Somebody came into my office the other day and asked. They was like, what game do you have circled on there? And I was like, all of them. I want to win all of them. Um, you know, I think that. You know, you, you, you start to focus on one game, then you kind of lose the essence of what, what the season looks like, right, the schedule looks like. But we're going in, we're going to try to win every game that we can, right? So um, I don't have a particular one circle. The first one circle is Benedictine, right? And then after that, we'll go to Judson. And then after that, IUE. So those are the things, uh, Kokomo actually after Benedictine, but um, those are the ones I'm circling, every one. Everyone's being circled. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily like there's a bullseye on them. It's just that we want to continue to get better throughout the year, and, and hopefully we can string a few of those together. And so as you're, as you're a head coach now, what's been kind of your uh, – how would you describe your coaching style? Like is there a particular college coach that you try to pull things out of? Is there a few that you try to take things from? Like who, who do you look towards the most? It's uh, a great question. I, I honestly try to build my um, coaching style from a lot of guys that I've – um, known in the past, uh, you know, Dave Lato, who I've worked under, uh, Oliver Purnell, who I've worked under, um, as well as Coach Lepp, obviously, too. Um, and then, you know, some some guys that you watch, uh, you know, Monty Williams that I watch in the NBA is just really, really good with his guys, right, and developing that relationship and 
Um, you know, he has like a spiritual background and everything like myself. So um, I kind of try to instill those um, little bits and pieces from everybody. Um, and then it's kind of molded to my own. You know, I'm I like I tell the guys, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm I'll laugh and I'll joke with you all, you know, all the time. Like, I, you know, I, I love doing that. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fierce competitor. You know, I want to win. Um, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to get to that level to win, like that's what I want to do, and I want you guys to reflect that too. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's been uh, a transition from, you know, being an assistant to a, to a head coach now with that, but I think some of the you know, majority of the guys bought in early, which helps us now, and, and, you know, we have a team that's bought in now. Yeah, what's been your favorite part? Uh, obviously, the transition period is really tough, you know, you're growing from an assistant. I mean, it helps a little bit. You're still in the same program, and you already know some of the guys. Yeah. What's been your favorite part, though, uh, from moving up and into this position? I think it's the 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 different conversations that now I have with the guys. Whereas as an assistant, you know, you're kind of a buffer between the head coach and you know the the team and things of that matter. But now the conversations that I have with these guys are a little bit more in, in depth, detailed. Like, hey, listen, like. I'm going to tell you what it is, like, for real. Like, this is the real deal, right? Um, so I think it's the conversations that I've been most excited about, the relationships that I continue to build with guys um, is, is, is key. And I think that that is allowing for us to continue to, to grow as a unit is really the, the conversations and the relationships that we're building with each other. I mean, even last year when guys would come off the floor onto the bench, you were always there to talk to them. Uh, you were also arguably the most fired up guy on the bench last year. <laughs> Uh, absolute hype guy. So is that something that, like, do you think your guys buy in more because you are kind of the, you know, it's almost like you're another teammate. It's yeah. just that you're, you know, the coach. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm just being me. Like, if you look back at, you know, older film when I wasn't, you know, at DePaul and I'm not playing, I'm on the bench and I'm I'm going crazy. So I'm a, I'm a huge team guy. It's really why I got into to college basketball is because I love the, the team aspect, love being around the team, love what the team brings. Um, so, yeah, man, if, if if I get a little crazy, it's just because I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm excited about the guys that I have. You know, it's all out of love. Um, and, and for me, you know, with, with Coach Matthews, he's kind of the same way. He's real energetic, and I, and I love it, right? Um, that's just kind of what we want to exude throughout our throughout our program is that, that love, that effort, that effort and that energy, you know, from a sustained level uh, of play, so – Play on the schedule. Yes, sir. So you, um, Spencer brought up, like, creating your own energy last year with how you had to do that with no fans and stuff. Yeah. So even though we have fans back at Summerway Arenas, how can you possibly, like, take that with you, having to create your own energy to help you, help make the team a better road team? Because, you know, like, to be successful, to be a great team, you got to be good on the road as well as at home. For sure. Um, it's a great question. I think that, you know, it's the same mentality as you have at, at home. Um, and it, and it has to be heightened to a certain degree because, you know, obviously, like you said, there's, there's people in the sense it's not rooting for you. So, you know, what we try to tell the guys like, Hey, again, we're this it's just us, right? The only thing we can focus on is us. Um, you guys have to bring your own energy. You know, we'll, we really, really emphasize bench energy. Um, so, you know, if you, if guys are over on the bench, if a guy does something, you, you're cheering, you're standing up, you're, you're, you know, you're excited about what they're doing um so that that helps us too um i think that if you if you have that component of a great bench it allows for you to take that great bench anywhere that you go um and help you you know in in some aspect win a game okay yeah
Do you do you have do you have a particular away game that you would say we want to win in their arena? That's a great question. Um, well, it would be really cool if we can get Indiana Wesleyan at Indiana Wesleyan. That would be really nice. Um, <laughs> you know, there will be a top ten team in the country uh, like they are. You know, every year. So you know, if we we can sneak one out of there, man, that would be that would be big time. That's good to hear. Good to hear. And that one's on November sixth, a Saturday. At- Looks like high noon. Yeah. So yeah. that one's definitely on the schedule. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so how did you try to go after, uh, obviously with an assistant coach opening up since you took over as head coach, what drew you to uh, Coach Matthews? And he was really my really only call. You know, I kind of had an idea of, of a guy who I really wanted to, to, to help me um, in this process. Um, you know, and I and I talked to him about the culture that we're we're looking to build here. Um, you know, the, the players that we'll have coming back, the the ability that we'll have to make this program excel. Um, you know, and we you know just try to talk to him about those things. I know he's a competitor; he wants to win. So um, that's kind of how we've kind of you know got acquainted, and kind of how we pushed <laughs> to get him here. Uh, we also have some mutual college friends as well, so that kind of helped us too in that process, but you know, I'm really, really excited about Coach Matthews. I mean, he's going to be a stud. Um, he's going to be a future head coach one day, like no no doubt, um, so I'm, I'm super, super excited about him. And Coach Rob doing a lot of recruiting on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and I see him, you know, he's always hyping up the program. What does he bring to the team as well as, you know, bringing guys in uh, for visits and whatnot, but like how does he, you know, keep these guys here? Because obviously everyone on the staff plays a huge role. Yeah, no, Coach Rob is is our number one top dog um, as far as the the pest uh, the optimism that he brings, man. Like he he is uh, he'll run through the wall for Lincoln College, and that's why we really love him. That's why we we have to keep him around. Um, he does a great job on the recruiting trail. Um, he does a great job with our guys. Our guys love him, um, and this is because he's the number one supporter, right? He believes in us, and and that's the thing that uh, you know. Excels programs. If you got staff members and and guys who are bought into the same things and uh, believe in the same same goals, same aspirations, and, and the process to get there, I mean, it's 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 different. So, uh, no, Coach Rob is big time. Coach Rob is big time. Love him. I mean, just ever since I've been here, he's helped me out. Um, so he's he's always a, a guy that I can lean on. And kind of wrapping this up here, this is more of a fun question. Yeah. Where's your favorite place that you've played? So high school, DePaul, anywhere. Where's your favorite place that you've played? Best atmosphere, maybe the best food around, anything. So I have two. Okay. Uh, number number one is probably Madison Square Garden, which was really cool. Uh, Madison Square Garden is 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 legit. You know, it's, <laughs> you can't really uh, when they say the bright lights is on you, it's the bright lights. So it's so bright that you really can't even see into the stands, which is really cool. And then uh, I would say the Carrier Dome, Syracuse. So they, like, split the football dome into half, split in half, and then there's, like, 4,000 students that's right underneath your, your basket, and then there's another five to 6,000 all the way around. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Coach McGee. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Really looking forward to the season. October 27th is the first game on LCTV at 7 o'clock, and then Saturday, October 30th at IU Kokomo, and that will be on the radio at 7 o'clock as well. Thank you for tuning in for this interview. We'll be back after this break.
Hey there, it's Rob Reinhart, your host for Acoustic Cafe, which can be heard twice each weekend here on 89X. What is Acoustic Cafe? Well, it's acoustic music from across all genres, and each week we also deliver interviews and in-studio performances from some of the best artists in the business. From Vampire Weekend's Rostam to up-and-comers like Arlo Parks, established talents like Nora Jones, even the occasional legend, you'll hear them on Acoustic Cafe. Saturday morning, 6 to 8, Sunday evening, 7 to 9, here on Lincoln's New Rock Alternative 89X. Champions of Character connects communities and the NAI championships across the United States. All 26-plus NAI championship student-athletes participate in a Teaming Up for Character activity. These activities are geared toward local communities' youth in schools and community centers. They are an integral part of every NAIA championship annually, impacting more than 25,000 individuals. For more information on character-driven collegiate athletics, head to naia.org forward slash character. Watch out! They got me! The galaxy is safe once again. In the pretend universe, kids play with pretend guns. In the real world, it's up to us to make sure they don't get their hands on a real gun. If you have a gun in the house, keep it locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Lindsay Sterling, and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Now I'm you know, trying to get better, stronger than ever. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. For some people, difficult transitions like retirement, divorce, or loss of a loved one may contribute to feelings of hopelessness or even thoughts of suicide. The risk of suicide is even higher for men over 50 who've served our country, guys like me. Support from friends and family makes such a big difference. Every day, your actions could help save a life. Learn how you can help at VeteransCrisisLine.net. here on Saturday the 23rd. Welcome back. Josh, Aaron, football time. What do we got? Well, you know, as expected, the Ravens were walking greatness, you know. We had to we had to get that out the way. We blew out the Chargers real quick. 5-1. and one. I'm very happy about it. But something that I do think is interesting is the Chiefs actually looked like a good team this year. I mean, this this week. They dominated. They uh, I, I believe they won 31-13. Can't remember who they beat, but now they're 500. Washington football team. <laughs> Washington football team. Uh, on a completely uh, opposite side of the spectrum, the Lions looked horrible. Uh, moving to 0-6 on the year, so my prediction, 
before the year even started, I said they're going to be the first team to go in 17. It's looking really good right now. Jared Goff looks abysmal. Uh, <laughs> I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. He should stay there even if we go 0 and 34 for the next two years. I love him. Jared Goff needs to not play quarterback uh, professionally, I think. Um, 34-11 to the Bengals. Um, and this week, we get to play Matt Stafford. Uh, so hopefully he throws for like 900 yards because he deserves it. I loved how Dan Campbell called out Jared Goff, too, in his press interview after the game, saying that he needs to play better, step it up. I loved that. Well, I mean, when you're completing 28 passes for 200 yards, kind of that's, a problem. That's a Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> game right there. Speaking of Big Ben... Steelers won this week. Hey. They beat the Seahawks without their star quarterback and their best running back. What are you talking about? They had Geno Smith. Geno Smith, one of the biggest busts ever in the draft. <laughs> we uh, beat him 23-20 to in a controversial last seconds of the fourth quarter where they spiked the ball, and the ref said, hold on, we have to review a catch that was obviously a catch so that the Seahawks could spike the ball again. And then kick a field goal to tie it. But then T.J. Watt stepped up, the rookie rookie of the year. Golly. The defensive player of the year last year, in my opinion, that wasn't supposed to be Aaron Donald, stepped up and uh, strip-sacked Geno Smith, and we kicked a field goal to win it. Also, the surprising, I think the most surprising game of the week is that the Titans win it and beat the Bills. Yeah, I That saw surprised that. me. saw that they edged them uh, 34-31. That was a good win, quality win. I also saw, you know, Tommy's Bucks. They they won again. You know, they uh twenty eight, twenty two. They got a they got a nice little win. Kept rolling past the Eagles. I think they're five and one as well. Like my uh, like my Ravens. Got to keep an eye on them. Yeah, I mean this week Lions play at three, which is always awkward because they're on the West Coast. They're playing at the Rams. So, like I said, Matt Stafford probably going out for a revenge tour. They might let the Lions have the lead with like thirty seconds left, and then have a game winning drive just to do it to them. Uh, because they could, because the Lions' defense is that bad. Uh, the Lions' defense could give up nine points in 30 seconds, I think. It's happened before. Ravens, Bengals, like you said, Josh, four and two. Uh, Bengals going to the Ravens. That'll be a big game, uh, specifically for the conference uh, and the division. Ravens three and zero at home, though. So things looking up there. Steelers on a bye, right? Yes, sir. Blood pressure will not be up this week. Trying to watch that game. <laughs> But college football, real quick, I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm going to plug them. Number six, Michigan now. Started off unranked this year, up to number six. Uh, I'm not saying that this is their year, but it could be. Uh, after after the Lions <laughs> stuff, I do feel happy for you. I want you to be able to root for something positively football related. Yeah, the way the Celtics are looking this year, it's not going to be them either. <laughs> so Michigan plays at 11 o'clock here right after the show concludes against Northwestern on Fox. So Looks like Gus Johnson hopefully will be on that call. It's my guy. All right, NBA talk once more. Uh, also, if you want to call into the show and give your takes on any of the aforementioned things or anything of your own, 217-735-9, or uh, excuse me, I'm going to start that over, 217-735-7392. Give us a call, and we'll put you on, or give us a text, too, to that same number. NBA season uh, started seemingly earlier this year uh, just with all of the Ben Simmons drama. Uh, if you haven't heard Ben Simmons uh, the point forward, if you want to call him. He's a yeah. four that plays the one. Uh, last year in the postseason, did not dunk the ball. I think that was kind of the breaking point uh, for everyone with Hall of Fame intimidator uh, Trey Young uh, standing at a <laughs> towering six foot one, 
uh, under the basket. Ben Simmons, 6 or 10, did not dunk the ball. Everyone freaks out. Uh, and now he doesn't want to play for the 76ers. We've reached a breaking point now where he has left practice. He's been kicked out of practice. Uh, and now we are hearing reports that he is mentally not able to play. Guys, what's going on? So I don't know why the Sixers are, are, are trying to hold on to this. I think they should, like, take that Pacers deal and just keep moving because at this point trying to repair it, which Darren Morey sounded committed to. He said this may be a four-year thing, but, like, that's just going to break the team, basically. Like, they're going to get tired of it. They had Joel Embiid likely walked out, walk back his comments. I, I bet the front office was like, yeah, say some nice things about him instead of saying you don't care about him anymore. <laughs> but, like, Ben doesn't want to be here. Seems like Joel, your centerpiece that you have locked in till his early 30s, has also agreed, like, yeah, we can move on. So even if even if he ever plays again, that chemistry, like, their synergy is not going to be great. So, like, I don't understand what they're doing. Ben Simmons clearly does not want to be there. Why keep him? I mean, at practice the other day, Doc Rivers was like, hey, you should probably get in on this drill. And Ben Simmons just said no. And then Doc Rivers was like, well, you you can leave then. And Ben just right then and there dropped the ball, walked out. He obviously doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play for you guys. Take a deal. Like any deal at this point works Please. because I don't think that they have like he's his trade values just keeps going down by every time that he holds out. I saw that the Pacers offered Brogdon and Levert, and I keep saying take the deal. Like that's a beautiful deal. You I get was... a playmaker and you get another shot creator who's more consistent than Shake Milton, arguably Seth Curry. Like he's a bucket. So go ahead. And, I mean, you can play uh, Levert off the bench. I mean, he's playing a lot of six-man, I think. Yeah. In his career, he's played a lot of six-man. So I think that trade benefits, I would say, everyone. And he's better off the bench than Shake Milton, so, like, it's a it's a great deal. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see where Simmons slots in on the Pacers uh, lineup. They've kind of a funky lineup with Sabonis and Turner. Uh, He'd but, probably still be playing point, point forward. Yeah, especially when you lose Brogdon and uh, Levert yeah. off the ball. Uh, recent comments have come out for that, uh, saying that Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers, uh, they've come together. The front office are at an understanding. Ben says, I'm not mentally ready to play, but I will play for you guys when I am. Uh, and then Doc Rivers said, well, everyone's accountable here um, for what's going on, which I completely disagree with, uh, because it is not everyone's fault that Ben Simmons is refusing to play basketball. Like, that is not Joel Embiid's fault. No. He did his job. He scored what? like 50 a game in the postseason. Yeah, like, on a torn MCL, right? Yeah, he had something messed up with his knee. I don't personally, like, Joel Embiid's not my favorite player in the league. As a Celtics fan, can't really like the 76ers, just how I operate. Um, but Joel Embiid is not the problem here. And I think that it's uh, it's too cliche to say that everyone is accountable for what's going on, because it's not. It's not fair to the rest of the team that Ben Simmons is being selfish. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Also, Sticking with the NBA, top 75 team comes out. So 75th year of the NBA, they've released their top 75 players. Uh, they kept all of the top 50 uh, that they done for the 50 year, which just shows that, you know, there's been some legit talent in these, you know, past 50 years. Granted, you know, it's 50 years worth of players, and then they added 25 more. Uh, so what stood out to you guys the most? I know that there were a couple picks that are people that did not make the team that people were pretty fired up about. I just don't understand how Giannis is on this team. He's played how many years has he played in the league? Eight. Four, he's, eight. He's actually played eight. He's been an eight, but, but he's, he's been, been a he's star been great like, for about 
five, four or five. Four. Probably. So I understand that he's been dominant the past two or three years. He has his MVPs. He's not a top 75 player of all time yet. He's just not. I, I don't understand that pick. So I'd say more of a head-scratcher, technically, for going off accolades and stuff, would be AD because Giannis has, like, two MVPs, a defensive player of the year. I think that ring is the reason AD got in because yeah. he was great for that entire playoff run. He made it close in who would get the finals MVP between him and LeBron. Yeah. So he looked really good there. But, like, yeah, I understand a lot of people saying, like, why is he in over Dwight Howard? The other one for me is Damian Lillard's on this. Yeah. I just don't understand how you can put Damian Lillard on this list. And Dame, in terms of, like, individually as a great player, is, like, a better player than Kyrie Irving right now. But I saw a lot of people saying because of what he's achieved, which is the championship, obviously, Kyrie should be in over this list. Do you guys agree with that? That's unique. I love Dame. Dame is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I would not put him on this list. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't put Kyrie on this list. Okay. I think that you have to put uh, a Vince Carter or a Tracy McGrady over both of those guys. That's fair. Vince Carter and T-Mac didn't make it, and both of them will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tracy's already in. Where's Paul George? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that, you know, they really tried to keep all 50 uh, of the original 50 list mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, um, I can see that. And I think you can make a case that some of them might not be deserving as much anymore. I think like, obviously you're going to have Jordan uh, and Kareem and all that, but I think you can make a case for some of these players that, you know, like maybe their stats don't hold up as much as they do now. Uh, yeah. yeah, like all the Celtics on this list are just not that good anymore, and I don't think they should even be. No, I'm just, I'm just messing around. <laughs> Pete Maravich still on it. Uh, that's my favorite, like old school basketball player because he's awesome. Uh, I learned the between the legs pass because of him, uh-huh. uh, just because he's it's sick. Uh, so I've dropped that on the court a few times because I'm pretty proud of that. Harden on the list as well. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I actually didn't have a problem with that. I can see that. Yeah, I think he's one of the best scorers the league's ever seen. So, well, I mean, he what for his career? Uh, let me try to pull the stats up real quick. Yeah. I mean, just for his career, he's statistically just insane. Average what? Did he average a triple double recently? He came very close. Let's see. This is his ninth season in the NBA, averaging 25 points per game for his career, which is insane. I mean, last year was a down year for him where he averaged 20, uh, but he was going through a ton of stuff. Eight rebound or uh, eight assists and seven and a half rebounds per game. The dude's an athlete. Yeah. Average a double-double a few times in his career. Yeah, so I think Harden's definitely deserving on this list. It's just the current guys are always kind of weird to slide in uh, because, you know, their careers haven't uh, finished yet, which is part of my beef with Giannis on the list. I agree with that Um, because I do think, you know, crazy good athlete, Mm -hmm. the Greek freak, if you will. Um, But we don't know where his career is going to go. Like, we can assume he's going to be really good. If he maintains the level of play that he's at, absolutely, not a doubt in my mind he's on this list uh, come the 100th anniversary. But, you know, he's in his, what, eighth year, I think we figured out. Um, and the first couple years, he wasn't putting a lot in. So we've seen six years of, uh, let's say, I would say we've seen three years of good Giannis, and we've seen three years of great Giannis. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's enough for me to put him on 
one of the top 75 of all time, when there's guys like T-Mac or Vince Carter also waiting yeah. to get, or Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. who should have been in over Anthony Davis, in my opinion. I have a question. Also, like regarding Dwight, or maybe like, I don't know, Dwight Howard or Russell Westbrook? Because Russ made the list as well. Ooh. I know that was a big uprage with a lot of people that Russ is on this list. The man averaged a triple double for three straight. I wasn't seasons. mad. I wasn't mad parti- particularly, but like when looking at like Dwight Howard, I, it it's kind of hard. Yeah, I mean Dwight just, uh, you know, he had a couple of weird years uh, where he just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, the dude isn't like his resume is insane. Three three straight defensive player of the years. That's the most consecutive ever because. Ben Wallace got four, but someone won in between. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he has the most consecutive defensive player of the year ever. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. And he was MVP. I think he finished second, third in MVP voting two or three years in in there as well. Mm-hmm. While also doing that, led the Magic to the finals, obviously. Beat LeBron's 66-win Cavs team. A team that's, like, 39-2 and two at home, and they win, like, two games on the Cavs court. You know, like, he was leading that. Yeah, I would say I think Russ uh, I don't have a problem with because I think statistically he is a great player. Yeah. Um, you know, you can argue that they're stat padding. If anyone wanted to stat pad, they can do it. But he does, and therefore we shouldn't punish him for the fact that he does get rebounds when his other teammates don't get them. Like That's not his fault. Uh-huh. He does his job. And assists, people, uh, assists really get me going because assists are so difficult to get. You're assisting on at least 20 points to get 10 assists. Yeah. And free throws don't count towards them. You think about how many times you're passing to get drives and then somebody gets fouled. You don't get an assist out of free throws, which I think they should. I think for every free throw you make, it's half half an assist. If it's in an assist-type situation, so a guy's going out for a layup, gets fouled, missed the layup, but it was off of a pass that would have been an assist, you get a half assist for each free throw you make. I've never heard a take like that before. It makes me think of, like... Jeff Van Gundy's mid-game takes. <laughs> Not that it's crazy, just but like, I just never heard it before. Like, yeah, I've never, I've never. That's from my own dumb there. All right, last break here at 1049 on a Saturday. We'll be back after this. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. What do you think when you see a fine set of wheels roll down the street? Do you picture yourself in the driver's seat with a beautiful lady by your side? Do you imagine heads turning on a sidewalk to hear the bass thumping in your ride? Or do you just think, Dag, I wish I had a driver's license. Guys, if you turn 18 and don't register with the Selective Service System, you can't get a license in most states. Register today at sss.gov. It's quick, it's easy, it's the law. Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me, I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. 
If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Fifty-two here on Saturday. Last eight minutes of the show. Spencer Davis, Josh Howard, and Aaron Evans. Guys, predictions for this week. We start the UFC. Paula Costa versus Marvin Vittori moved from one eighty-five to one ninety-five, and now up to two hundred five in the light heavyweight division. Guys, who do you have? Well, with the extra weight on him, I think Paulo's going to try and get this done even faster because you know he doesn't want to tire himself out. So I'm taking Paulo. I'm not sure if it's first or second round, but I don't think it will go too long. I think you got to go Costa with this one. Yeah. Short and sweet, short and sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think that Costa walks around at, like, what, 220 or something like that. Yeah. Um, he, the dude should have been a light heavyweight a while ago. Arguably should be at heavyweight, I would I would say. Um, I'm taking Costa here more so because Marvin really annoys me. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he just gets on my nerves. Uh, Lions, Rams, Rams are going to win. Not not a question. Lions Come on, pull out the upset. Lions, let's go. Let's go. I Lions are a 16-point the... underdog. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. Gosh. You never know. Lions could uh, surprise you this week. Imagine if they win. I will pay everyone in this room $15 if the Lions win. I'll take you up on that bet. You don't have to do that. I, I will. If you, they, can do, you can do it for Aaron. You can do it for me. If Josh okay. doesn't want it, I'll take 30 yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in the Ravens play... We got the Bengals, and yeah, like you said, it's it's in Baltimore. So I'm gonna have us moving to, to six and one. I think, I think that'll honest. be a good game. I think that will be as well. That might be the game of the week, honestly. Or uh, the Titans versus the Chiefs. That's also a good that looks game. like it'll be a good yeah. game. Uh, I'm gonna take. Where's it at? Is it at Arrowhead? It is in Tennessee. Ooh, oh. Um, I'm gonna still go Chiefs, and I'm not the greatest I, fan of them, but I'm gonna still go Chiefs. I think Mahomes is starting to come up. He's, I don't know. There was that controversy last week with his brother uh, dancing on the Sean Taylor Memorial. Yeah, caught a lot bad. of heat. Whoa, oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. It was bad. Like it was a, right, uh, let's see, it's a, it was a gated off area, yeah. and he was like TikTok dancing on this memorial, and people were like livid. And according to him, he said that he was told to stand there, which is just that's one of the worst excuses I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah that's uh, terrible. But I. I think uh, I think the Titans pull this one out. Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry beast. rushes for like 300 yards. Have you seen the stat? Like Derrick Henry. So Nick Chubb is second in the league in rushing behind Derrick Henry. He's mm-hmm. closer to 27th in the league than Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Derrick Henry is that far ahead of everyone. Goodness gracious! So my fantasy team is okay because of Derrick Henry. Well, sitting if at Nick three Chubb three. is second. I drafted Nick Chubb in that my you, fantasy league. That so you do. Some I'm not looking too stupid now. Although Derrick Henry was there when I drafted Nick Chubb. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Blues. Uh, Chelsea pick up a big win in the Premier League tonight. Uh, so congrats to those guys. Those are my Prem League guys. Uh, Braves-Dodgers tonight. Game six, we kind of hinted at it. 
I'm taking the Braves tonight. I think they get it done at home. I'm taking mm-hmm. the Braves as well. Braves in six, closing it out. If they don't win tonight, who do you have in a game seven? I believe game seven's also in Atlanta. Right. Braves. And that'll be tomorrow. It would depend on who the starters are. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Because I think if Scherzer wasn't slated tonight, I think they have confidence Bueller wins and Scherzer goes tomorrow. But I'm still thinking the Braves are going to pull this out and go to the World Series, even if they do go to Game 7. How long has it been since the Braves have been in the World Series? It's been a, it's been a while. I know that. I couldn't recall off the top of my head either. So I yeah. just also don't want to watch another Dodgers-Astros. Although... That game five, whatever, when it was thirteen to twelve finals, a good game. Yeah, I just, I'm just sick of seeing the same teams. 1999, last time the Braves were in the World Series. That was good. against Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. That was when they had Chipper Jones still. Good. Yeah, that was like that prime like rotation. Maddox, Smoltz, I think. Yeah, were, that's that's crazy, wild. All right, we're gonna talk about World Series real quick. This is a little bit more difficult to predict <laughs> since obviously we don't have one of the teams that you have to have in. Uh, this will start up this week, I believe, on Tuesday is the World Series. Let me make sure that's right. Okay. Uh, but Astros already locked in. It will be Tuesday. Who do we have? <sighs> Obviously, this we'll, we'll make predictions for both. So let's say the Braves do win tonight yeah. or tomorrow. Braves, Astros, who do you have? I think I'm going to go with the Astros. That's actually, yeah, I was actually going to do that yeah. as well. I understand that the Braves are hot and that they do have, their pitching is very average, and the Astros have a sneakily really good bullpen. And I think that the Astros' offense is just so powerful that I don't see the Braves combating that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you there, too. Um, the Astros are just so good. Jordan Alvarez yeah. went 9 for 13 in the series. That's impressive. Which means he walked a lot because there's no way you only have 13 yeah. at-bats in six games. So, like, the dude is I think an they said that he had the highest average ever in a playoff series. That's yeah. crazy. 522. All right. Astros-Dodgers, then, hypothetical. Astros. That's tough. I think that that would be a really good series. It would be. I don't want to watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> On the same boat. That's a funny dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's probably the better option of the series, but I don't want to watch You've it. You've got the... Two high-powered offenses, two great like pitching teams. As much as I don't want to, I'm going to say the Astros again. I think the Astros are arguably the hot. They're super hot right now. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in baseball right now. They have Yuli Gurriel, who was the batting champion, which I don't think anybody realized. Wow. I, I think... I think the Astros got this. I mean, and they have Altuve and Correa, who always come alive in the World Series. And too. Alex Bregman. And Alex Bregman. And Michael Brantley. <laughs> Their like, team is just, so stacked. You Kyle Tucker. Going. Kyle Tucker's on that team too. Kyle he had a three-run yeah. bomb last night. I, they're just they're so good. Uh, and I don't know how like they just slipped under the radar until like yeah. now people are like, well, the Astros in the World Series. It's like they've been really good. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of over the garbage can thing. I am too. I'm going to be honest. This is what four years removed now. Um, you know, you can cry foul play um, back for 2017, but this seems like a legit team. This seems like a legit There's team. There's nothing fishy going on. I don't think Dusty Baker yeah. uh, would lo- allow any of that no, to happen. No, not even, not even close. Dusty Baker is just legendary. Yeah, so I think it sounds like we're all rocking with the, all Astros, the Astros no matter what. Yeah. Uh, again, 
Braves, Astros, the Dream Series, yeah. Braves in five. I wouldn't be mad if the Braves won, though. Braves in five. If it happens, it's going to be like that. It's going to be wild. People are going to freak out and be like, this doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Braves in five is a prediction for me if the Braves manage to win the World Series. I don't think they will. Astros, I think. Astros in six, I'm, I'm going to say. I'll say Astros in five. Okay. I give them that. I'll give the Astros Okay. That. And then Dodgers and Astros, I think that goes to seven. Oh, I think it goes to seven, too. All right, guys. That's all we have for you this weekend. We'll be back next weekend with a pre-recorded.